0: Chapter 6 of Paul the Dauntless. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by David Leeson. Paul the Dauntless by Basil Joseph Matthews. Chapter 6 The Scourge of the Nazarenes. Whether Saul was at home in Tarsus when Jesus was crucified and rose again, we cannot truly know. But now, when all Jerusalem was full of the story of the Nazarene movement, he was certainly back walking in the temple courts and greeting with reverence his old master Gamaliel. In the shadow of the cloisters, behind the marble pillars, he would gather with young men of his own stamp, hot-blooded, keen-witted, young, zealous Pharisees, and go over the whole maddening story. As it sunk into his mind, his anger grew hot beyond measure yes they would say we thought that when this pretender jesus of nazareth was taken up the hill there and nailed to the cross between two other miscreants that would be the end and that these galilean fellows would go quietly back to their fishing but now they actually come into these very courts and blaspheme this holy place by declaring that jesus has risen from the dead jesus who must be cursed as the law says for he has hung upon the tree And they say, may the Holy One of Israel forgive me for repeating it, that the Most High has poured out his spirit on the followers of Jesus. What is worse still, the people are beginning to believe them. There are thousands of these Nazarenes in Jerusalem now, even some of the priests have gone over to them. They go down there in Solomon's porch and speak to one another and to the people. But last night they were locked up by the high priest, and they are to be tried today. See, here they come there in the temple court stood the nazarene leaders and prominent among them a dark-haired radiant courageous-looking man the captain of the temple guard came up to peter as he was speaking to the people and led him and his friends away to the assembly of priests while the people round about murmured to one another saying that these interfering officials ought to be stoned saul was probably there and if so he would see the high priest look straight at peter and say we ordered you not to teach in this name of jesus yet you have filled jerusalem with it now forsooth you want to bring this man's blood on us we must obey god rather than men peter said boldly and god raised up jesus whom you and his arms swung round over the company of priests killed hanging him on a tree god lifted him up to be a prince and to save us we, and peter would turn to point to his friends have seen these things and the holy spirit also whom god has given to those who obey him is witness that this is true the eyes in front of peter gleamed with anger the mouths grew stern let us kill them was the word that went from priest to priest as they listened with startled faces to peter accusing them of killing god's messiah then a sudden silence fell as all eyes turned toward a commanding figure who stood up it is gamaliel the word went round saul would crane his neck and listen intently for what his old teacher might say in saul's own heart the word of the law for such blasphemous idolaters as these nazarenes throbbed the answer you shall stone him with stones that he die but gamaliel said take the men away for a time At a signal from the high priest, the captain of the temple had Peter and his friends led away. "'Take care,' said Gamaliel, when the Nazarenes were out of earshot. "'Take care what you decide to do about these men. My advice is, let them alone. If this work is simply of men, it will come to nothing. If it is of God, you cannot overthrow it. And you may discover, after all, that you have been fighting against God.' saul in spite of his youth would hardly be able to keep silence at such advice he disagreed violently with every word his old master had said tear out this blasphemous clique, root and branch would have been his advice if he had been asked he felt thus not because he disliked the men themselves but because he really believed that they had put a pretending messiah on a level with the holy god they were making a parody of all the things saul held to be most sacred to preserve the holy religion of jehovah these men must be killed as the law commanded but the wise speech of gamaliel carried the day the priests decided not to kill peter and john and the other leaders though they would not let them off without some punishment so the nazarenes were brought to the priests again and their backs were bared to the pitiless rods of the temple guard who rained strokes upon them now said caiaphas do not ever again speak in the name of jesus but on the following morning if he went to the marble steps of the temple he would have seen these incorrigible galilean peasants already speaking and there were the crowds who listened eagerly to the good news of the love and power of god the father who had raised jesus the true messiah those who joined the nazarenes learned beside the love of the father to obey jesus one great commandment that they should love one another and when they met in one another's houses for supper and broke the little loaves of bread and drank their cup of wine together they did it in remembrance of him saul walked along the streets of jerusalem brooding over the growth of this new party of nazarenes he nursed his anger till his hot young blood boiled within him in hate of them he must have been perplexed sometimes for he would see in their faces and bearing a blithe courage a cheerful boldness that neither swaggered nor cringed they glowed with some inner secret light they seemed always lively in spirit like flowers kept fresh by a hidden spring of living water if asked for their secret they said that the holy spirit the comforter who jesus had promised should come was in them saul's anger would break out again at this parody as it seemed to him of sacred things He had argued with the Nazarenes, especially had he and others of the Cilician Synagogue where he worshipped in Jerusalem discussed with a young Jew, like himself a Jew from a foreign land, named Stephen. But neither he nor the other learned men from Tarsus and Rome and Egypt could break down Stephen's assurance of the risen Jesus. Unable to overcome Stephen in discussion, they got some men to go down to the temple to the priests to witness against him when these men came in front of the members of the great council called the sanhedrin they said there is a man named stephen one of these nazarenes who says that jesus will come and destroy all this place and they pointed to the glorious temple of shining marble with its roof of gold and to the sacred portico hiding the holy of holies and he dares to say that this jesus will change all the customs that moses gave us THIS WAS REBELLION AND BLASPHEMY IN ONE, SO THE COUNCIL GAVE ORDERS FOR STEPHEN'S ARREST AND TRIAL. THE MEN WENT AND TOOK HOLD OF STEPHEN AND LED HIM DOWN TO THE HALL OF HEWN STONE, WHILE OUTSIDE THE PEOPLE FLOCKED TOGETHER TO TALK ABOUT THE TRIAL. THE PRESIDENT OF THE COUNCIL TOOK HIS SEAT. ROUND HIM IN A GREAT SEMICIRCLE WERE THE OTHER SIXTY-NINE JUDGES. IN FRONT OF THEM STOOD THE ACCUSED STEPHEN. THE WITNESSES TOLD THEIR STORY AGAIN are these things so asked the president they all fastened their eyes on stephen and they saw not a cringing frightened prisoner but a man whose glowing face shone like the face of an angel there was the dead and chilling silence of watchful enemies as stephen's voice rang out clearly in the hall brothers and fathers listen and he told them the great story which they knew so well but of which they never saw the true meaning THE STORY OF HOW THE GOD OF GLORY HAD APPEARED TO THEIR FATHER ABRAHAM AND LED HIM FROM ONE LAND TO ANOTHER AND THEN HAD CARRIED JOSEPH TO EGYPT, LEADING AGAIN THE PEOPLE UNDER MOSES BACK FROM EGYPT ACROSS THE DESERT TO THE PROMISED LAND WHERE SOLOMON BUILT THE TEMPLE FOR THE HOUSE OF GOD. AT THIS POINT THEY WOULD ALL LEAN FORWARD TO LISTEN INTENTLY TO WHAT WAS TO FOLLOW, FOR THE ACCUSATION AGAINST STEPHEN WAS THAT HE HAD SCORNED THIS TEMPLE, DECLARED THAT IT WOULD BE DESTROYED swiftly he went on with a quotation from a prophet in whom they all professed to believe showing that the most high does not live in a temple made with hands or as the prophet put it the sky is my throne and the earth the footstool of my feet what kind of house will you build me asks the lord does not my hand make all these things stephen's argument was that they and not he were the real blasphemers they who put the marble and gold temple above the great spirit the god of glory who made everything who sent jesus whom the priests had destroyed though he was greater than the temple so he turned on them with sudden passion and flung out his scathing denunciation startled they saw the accused suddenly become the terrible accuser you stiff-necked men you always set yourself against that holy spirit your fathers did and so do you they killed the prophets long ago killed the men who told that the just one was coming and now you have become his betrayers and murderers yes you who have the law and do not keep it all pretence of judicial trial was swept aside with frenzied faces they ground and gnashed their teeth with anger on him but even as their fury rose stephen's stern anger fell from him he looked up above the heads of his accusers up and away to a vision that held his eyes i see the heavens opened he declared and the son of man standing on the right hand of god blasphemy blasphemy rose in a yell of horror and rage they shouted to drown the voice of stephen and put their hands over their ears so that they should not hear a word more the court rose as one man and rushed on him they dragged him up the streets out to the city wall under the dark shadows of the gateway stone him stone him came the hoarse and hideous cry though out of windows peered the heads of timorous weeping women and under the shadow of doorways boys who had learned to think what a splendid hero stephen was shivered with a nameless dread as he passed In the crowd was a young, hot-blooded Pharisee, whose heart thumped, "'Stone him! Stone him!' Saul, whose natural tenderness was all burned up in a great hate of these maddening Nazarenes and their risen Jesus. Out from the shadow of the northern gateway they came on to the edge of a ravine beyond the city wall, the place of stoning. The witnesses threw off their robes in a heap at the feet of the young Pharisee, Saul then stooping they lifted the gray jagged stones that lay on the ground pushing with frenzied hands others thrust stephen out over the edge of the ridge lord jesus he called lifting his face to the skies receive my spirit the stones beat upon him falling to his knees he called out again in the very spirit of his master who had said father forgive them lord lay not this sin to their charge And when he had said this, he fell asleep. The stoners wiped the grit from their hands and stooped to pick up their cloaks from the feet of Saul. They had drawn first blood. Did any pity move in Saul himself at the sight of the bruised body lying there? He must have winced, for all through his life he showed a strong tenderness. But he believed that God called him to scourge these Nazarenes, and the words of the law would come back to him neither shall your eye pity him neither shall you spare back to the city then beating down the pity that he felt saul at the head of a body of temple guards scoured the streets broke into the houses of those who professed faith in jesus and binding them men and women alike he had them driven like cattle down to the prison men and women fled from jerusalem by hundreds they hurried away among the hills of judea and northward into samaria and everywhere when they settled down into their village or passed from place to place they told the story of jesus saul being exceedingly mad against the nazarenes and striving in a frenzied campaign to quiet the qualms of remorse that he felt had stamped his foot into the fire of the faith at jerusalem to put it out the blazing embers flew out and kindled new flame in all the land he breathed out threatening and murder and his fury fed itself on the stories that came in from pilgrims to jerusalem of the way the nazarene faith was spreading saul brooded over it one day having come to a decision he went down to the temple court and sought the high priest the eyes of the old man would light up with approval as he heard saul pouring out his desire to go north and stamp out the nazarenes his plan was to go straight to the great capital of the north country damascus if jerusalem and damascus were once scoured and all the disciples of jesus there hailed to prison the movement would die out in the isolated villages Calling his letter-writer, Caiaphas dictated letters to the chief Jews in the synagogues of Damascus, saying that, if any of the Nazarenes were there, Saul had authority to take them prisoner and lead them as captives to Jerusalem. Saul swiftly prepared himself for the great journey. With his young face turned northward, he passed out of Jerusalem under the arch of the great gateway in the city wall into the open country. End of chapter 6